Resurrected Republic, Truth Radio Broadcast on RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is RTR Truth Media every Sunday on RBN. My name's Chris Switzer. I'll be your host for this morning or this afternoon, depending on where you are in the country or where you are in the world. So it could be good evening, depending on where you're listening from. Uh, it's It's been a, a crazy year already. And of course, we're coming off the tale of 2020, which is one for the record books. Uh, I, I, with everything I know and, you know, everything I try to espouse to the world and, and to this country, because uh, obviously if America falls, in my own opinion, freedom falls for everyone. And it's, it's hard to see us turning it back around. But you have to have that faith and that hope. Well, I had a conversation with my father, you know, who I'm very open with about my ideas and my beliefs and what I know to be true. And he knows how I feel about vaccinations and everything else. COVID-1984. But... This man got the shot, you know, my father. It is disconcerting, to say the very, very least. That is an understatement. Uh, you know, it's I, I'm not just a conspiracy theorist. I'm not just somebody ranting and raving for entertainment or to feel like I have some purpose I wouldn't otherwise have. Or, You know, I... I it's real. It's my life because I know it's real. And I'm very concerned for anybody that sticks this poison into their body, especially my own flesh and blood, my family. So you bet it's concerning and disconcerting, worrying. It's frightening. But as believers in God, you know, I'd like to believe that there's no worse fear than the fear of the unknown, because that's just unbridled fear. It's not going to help you in any constructive way. So we don't have to be fearful of the unknown. We have to become informed, educated, and understand what's happening around us so we can make the best decisions for ourselves and our family. Well, my father, you know, he just got his second round of the Moderna mRNA shot. And I explained to him all the problems with that and all the unforeseen things to come. I wished him well, obviously. I prayed for him. And uh, he tried to reassure me that he's going to be fine. He feels fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with him. He said uh, the worst he felt was, you know, some flu-like symptoms, and he felt like he got punched in the arm, in the, you know, in the, the area where he was injected. And I hope that's 
the end of it. I hope that those are the only effects that he feels. But I would be naive and just downright stupid, I believe, to think that that is the case. No one, no one is immune to this. No one. This is a two-year open-air experiment on the population. They've admitted it. And I, for one, would prefer my family not be a part of it. So I, I don't know how others are dealing with it. You know, having their family members get the mRNA shot. Um, maybe you know people that have passed where they're experiencing terrible effects from it. You know, give me a call. Let me know your thoughts. And if you have family that's decided to take the shot or they're going to take the shot, considering taking the shot, how do you deal with it? You know, what do you do? How do you personally cope with this stuff? It's, uh, yeah, it's real. You know, it hits home when someone like that very close to you gets the shot. You know, there's there's so many unknowns. So many unknowns. And then we have everything going on in the news, of course. Uh, we have the joke from Saturday Night Live blowing up in their face. Um, innocent, too, you know. <laughs> so Saturday Night Live decides to say a little joke about Israel, and it blows up in their face, of course. Now they're anti-Semites, blah, 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 you know, the rest. The joke is this. Israel has made the claim that they have vaccinated 50% of their population. So the joke was, the Jewish half. <laughs> right? Innocent. Well, they're under fire for that. Oh, it's just crazy how far they have pushed, you know, that needle, that anti-Semitic needle. Meanwhile, there's white genocide going on all over the place. And it's not only whites, but it's just very obvious with that agenda what's going on. They're obviously going after other minorities who are soon to be majorities in this country. Uh, whites are fast becoming the minority. We have Coca-Cola, of course, as we mentioned last show, with their training seminar on how to be less white. And it seems like we're living in some fictional Truman Show, Biodome, Contagion reality show. Or an Alfred Hitchcock film. Something out of the Twilight Zone, perhaps. And what's the common denominator, right? What are at the woes of America and our current affairs? This neo-Marxism, multiculturalism, communitarianism. Now, what's the common denominator? What's the thread that we could pull and see where this has all started? 
And it brings me to a chapter from a book that I acquired a couple months ago titled The Secret History of the Mossad, Gideon's Spies, by Gordon Thomas, the same author who wrote the book on Robert Maxwell and his demise. Chapter 5 is titled Gideon's Nuclear Sword. In the darkness of a Tel Aviv cinema in 1945, Rafa Eton had watched the birth of the nuclear age over Hiroshima. And Rafa Eton is a high official in Israeli government, as you will read. While all around him, young soldiers whistled and cheered at the newsreel footage of the devastated Japanese city, he had only two thoughts. Would Israel ever possess such a weapon? Suppose her Arab neighbors obtained one first. From time to time down the years, the questions had surfaced in his mind. If Egypt had had a nuclear bomb, it would have won the Suez War, and there would have been no Six-Day War or Yom Kippur War. Israel would have been a nuclear desert. With a nuclear weapon, Israel would be invincible. In those days, for an operative whose work was primarily concerned with killing terrorists, such strategic questions were only of academic interest, and answering them was the province of others. However, when he took command of Lakam, he began to seriously consider the matter. He now only had one question. Could he help to provide Israel with a nuclear shield? Reading long into the night, fueled by 40 vitamin capsules he swallowed each day, he discovered how Israel's politicians and scientists had initially been divided over going nuclear. In the files were details of angry exchanges within cabinet meetings the bitter monologues of scientists, and always the overpowering voice of Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion cutting through the anguish, protests, and long-winded arguments. Trouble had begun in 1956 when France had sent a 24-megawatt reactor to Israel. Ben-Gurion announced its purpose was to provide a pumping station to turn the desert into an agricultural paradise by desalinating a billion cubic gallons of seawater annually. The claim promptly led to the resignation of six of seven members of the Israeli Atomic Energy Commission, protesting the reactor was actually intended to be the precursor of political adventurism, which will unite the world against us, end quote. Israel's leading military strategists supported them. Yigal Alon, a hero of the War of Independence, roundly condemned the nuclear op- option. Yitzhak Rabin, who would soon become the IDF chief of staff, later the PM, was equally vocal in his protest. Even Ariel Sharon, then and still Israel's leading hawk, vehemently opposed a nuclear arsenal. We have the best conventional forces in the region, end quote. Ignoring all opposition, Ben-Gurion gave the order for the reactor to be sited in the Negev desert, close to the bleak sand-blown settlement at Demona. Once a staging post on the camel caravan route between Cairo and Jerusalem, Demona had long become a place time had passed by. Few maps marked its position in the desert south of Tel Aviv, but from now on, no map maker would be allowed to pinpoint the location of Israel's first faltering steps into the nuclear age. Demona's silver dome, beneath which was the reactor, 
rose above the desert heat. Kira Lemekar Garini, Demona's Hebrew name, employed over 2,500 scientists and technicians. They worked within the most fortified plant on Earth. The sand around the perimeter fences was continuously checked for signs of intruders. Pilots knew that any aircraft flying within a five-mile air exclusion zone could be shot down. Engineers had bulldozed an 80-foot deep chamber to house the reactor, part of an underground complex known as Macon 2. At its core was the separating reprocessing plant that had been labeled textile machinery when shipped from France. By itself, the reactor could not provide Israel with a nuclear bomb. To produce one required fissionable material, uranium or plutonium. The handful of nuclear powers had agreed among themselves never to provide as much as a gram of either substance to all those outside their exclusive club. Imposing though it was, the reactor at the Mona was little more than a showpiece until it received fissionable material. Three months after the reactor had been installed, a small nuclear material processing company opened for business in a converted World War II steel plant in the unappealing town of Apollo, Pennsylvania. The company was called the Nuclear Materials and Equipment Corporation, NUMEC. Its chief executive was Dr. Salman Shapiro. Shapiro. On Lacombe's computer database of prominent American Jews who has a scientific background, Shapiro was also listed as a prominent fundraiser for Israel. Rafai Eton knew he had found a potential answer to how to provide the Demona reactor with fissionable material. He ordered a full check made into the background of Shapiro and every other member of the plant staff. The investigation was entrusted to the Katza in Washington. The inquiry launched. Rafaitan continued to immerse himself in a story that he had switched from the desert heat of Demona to the cool quarters of the White House. Among the data the Washington Katza had sent was a copy of a memo written on February 20th, 1962, by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission to Shapiro, bluntly warning that the company's failure to comply with security regulations may be punishable as provided by law, including the Atomic Energy Act of 1954 and by the espionage laws. The threat increased Rafi Eton's feeling he may have found a way into the U.S. nuclear industry. And boy, he did. Numac appeared to be a company not only with poor security, but also lacks bookkeeping and management that left a great deal to be desired by America's nuclear watchdog. Those very deficiencies made the company an attractive target. The son of an Orthodox rabbi, Salman Shapiro's brilliance had already carried him far. At John Hopkins University, John Hopkins University, he had obtained his doctorate in chemistry by the age of 28. His capacity for hard work had seen him become an important member of the Nuclear Research and Development Laboratory at Westinghouse. The corporation was contracted to the United States Navy to develop submarine reactors. Checks on Shapiro's personal background revealed some of his relatives had been Holocaust victims. And Shapiro, in his typical discreet way, had provided several million dollars for the Technion Institute, Technion Institute in Haifa, that offered tuition in science and engineering. And everything I repeated twice just has special significance in America's woes today.
1957, Shapiro had left Westinghouse and set up Numec. It had 25 stockholders, all openly sympathetic to Israel. Shapiro found himself head of a small company in an aggressive cutthroat industry. Nevertheless, Numec had won a number of contracts to recover enriched uranium, a process that usually led to the loss of quantity of uranium during the salvage operation. There was no way of telling how great or when the loss had taken place. The revelation made Rafa Eton pop his vitamins with even more satisfaction. <laughs> you just picture it. He continued to read how the already uneasy relationship between Israel and the United States over the desire of the Jewish state to become a nuclear power increased when Ben-Gurion traveled to Washington in 1960. At a series of meetings with State Department officials, he was bluntly told that for Israel to possess nuclear weapons would affect the balance of power in the Middle East. In February 1961, President John F. Kennedy wrote to Ben-Gurion suggesting that Demona should be regularly inspected by the International Atomic Energy Agency. This was the start of the end for Jack Kennedy. Alarmed, Ben-Gurion flew to New York to meet with Kennedy at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. The Israeli leader was very worried about what he saw as relentless American pressures. But Kennedy was firm. There had to be an inspection. Ben-Gurion gave in with what little grace he could muster. He returned home convinced a Catholic in the White House is bad news for Israel. The Prime Minister turned to the one man in Washington he could trust, Abraham Feinberg, a Zionist supporter of Israel's nuclear aspirations. And as I've always said, guys, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. You're American or you're not. At one level, the native New Yorker was the most important Jewish fundraiser for the Democratic Party. Feinberg made no secret of why he had raised many millions. Every dollar was to ensure the party backed Israel in Congress. So you see where his allegiance lies. He had also discreetly provided many more additional millions of dollars to create the Mona. The money came in cashier's checks to the Bank of Israel in Tel Aviv, thus avoiding the accountability of the Israeli foreign exchange controls. Ben-Gurion told Feinberg to sort out the boy, make the putts understand the reality of life. Feinberg's method was straightforward political pressure, the kind that had already infuriated Kennedy when he was running for office. Then Feinberg had bluntly told him, quote, we are willing to pay your bills if you will let us have control of your Middle East policy, end quote. Kennedy had promised to give Israel every possible break. Feinberg had agreed to provide an initial campaign contribution of $500,000, with more to come. And stay with us. We'll hear more after the break. This is the most transparent administration in history. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. 
The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. While we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country, here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. You are listening to RTR Truth Media. If you're just tuning in, 
This is your co-host, Chris Switzer. I am the Freedom Ministry on BitChute and other media platforms. And if you are just tuning in again, I am reading from the book Gideon's Spies, The Secret History of the Mossad by Gordon Thomas, essentially showing you the common denominator with many of the woes we now face in America today and where it stems from. I'm on page 83 of chapter 5. Now he used the same direct approach. If President Kennedy continued to insist on an inspection of Demona, he should not count on Jewish financial support in the next political election. Powerful support came from an unexpected source. Kennedy's Secretary of State, Robert S. McNamara, told Kennedy he could understand why Israel wants a nuclear bomb, end quote. Nevertheless, Kennedy was resolute, and Israel was forced to accept an inspection. The president did, at the last minute, grant two concessions. In return for access to Demona, the United States would sell Israel Hawk surface-to-air missiles, then the most advanced defensive weapon in the world. And the inspection need not be carried out by the International Atomic Energy Agency, but by an American-only team that would have to schedule its visit weeks in advance. Rafa Eitan relished the detailed account of how the Israelis had duped the American inspectors. A bogus control center was built over the real one at the Mona, complete with fake control panels and computer-lined gauges that gave a credible impression of measuring the output of a reactor engaged in an irrigation scheme to turn the Negev into lush pasture land. Deception. As always, per the rabbinic Judaic orthodoxy, per their Talmud, they must deceive, cheat, and even murder the Goyim, or non-Jews. This is all part of the course. The area containing the heavy water smuggled from France and Norway was placed off-limits to the inspectors, for safety reasons, of course. The sheer volume of heavy water would have been proof the reactor was being readied for a very different purpose. When the Americans arrived, the Israelis were relieved to discover not one spoke Hebrew. It further lessened any possibility of the inspectors uncovering the true intention for Demona. The stage was set for Rafi Eton. Eton also was the handler for one Jonathan Pollard. Caught Israeli spy, now sitting pretty in Israel today. Gaining access to the Numec plant was relatively easy. Israel's embassy in Washington requested permission from the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission, quote, for a team of scientists to visit the facility to better understand the concerns expressed by your inspectors on the reprocessing of nuclear waste. The request was granted, even though the FBI was now running a full-scale surveillance operation to discover whether Shapiro had been recruited as an Israeli spy. He had not, and never would be. <laughs> he was already in alliance and allegiance with Israel anyways. It didn't matter. Rafa Eton was satisfied 
that Shapiro was a genuine patriot, a Zionist who believed in the right of Israel to defend itself. Not only was Shapiro privately wealthy from family money and shrewd stock market investments, his personal fortune had rapidly increased from the very large profits Numec had already made. Equally, unlike Jonathan Pollard, Shapiro was not a traitor. He, his love of America was manifest. Hmm. Rafa Eaton knew that to even tempt to recruit him would be counterproductive. Shapiro would have to remain outside the operation, beginning to crystallize in Rafa Eaton's mind. Nevertheless, some risks were unavoidable. To learn more about Numec, Rafa Eaton had sent two Lakam operatives to Apollo. They were Avraham Hermoni, whose diplomatic cover at the Israeli embassy in Washington was scientific counselor, and Jerium Kafkapi, a Katza operating in the United States as a freelance science writer. Both agents toured the reprocessing plant, but were not allowed to photograph it. Shapiro pointed out that would be a breach of the Atomic Energy Commission regulations. They had found Shapiro welcoming, but in Hermoni's judgment, a man run off his feet. Please stay with us. We'll be right back after the next commercial break. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Extendivite 7 Herb Formulation is approved to help maintain cardiovascular health and help lower blood lipid levels in adults. Extendivite is made from hawthorn, garlic, valerian, cayenne, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, and milk thistle. The herbs at Extendivite have been chosen for their ability to help with overall health. Many people have reported improved energy and stamina in just a few months. If you think you could feel just a little bit better, then Extendivite may just be for you. Extendivite is an all-natural supplement. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Is your property a financial burden and causing you grief? Have you tried to sell but can't find buyers? Or are you just too busy to sell your property? Don't worry. We have the right solution for you. We buy properties as is, with cash, close in 30 days, and pay all closing costs. Our service is ideal for property owners who are in pre-foreclosure, have high-end repair costs, experiencing financial hardship, going through costly divorces, are relocating, need cash for retirement, suffering family loss, or have tax liens. Whatever your situation may be, we can help you sell your property and get the money you need. If you own a single-family home or multiple family units, call us for a free consultation at 888-910-1037. That's 888-910-1037. Or visit our website at cashingproperty.com. That's cashingproperty.com. Sell your property fast and leave all your worries behind. 
Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from simplycleanfoods.net, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Right now, Amazon Prime members will receive fast two-day shipping. Go to simplycleanfoods.net. That's simplycleanfoods.net. But do it today. Co-host Chris Switzer, the Freedom Ministry. You can find my work on BitChute. Um, I'm pretty much blackballed and banned from everywhere else. And if you're just tuning in, this is of course RTR Truth Media, and I am reading from a book by Gordon Thomas, Gideon Spies. But I'm actually going to wrap it up. I thought I'd get through the chapter a little quicker than I I am. It's a little slow going. So essentially this, Israel is a problem, okay? And Israel is behind the death of our 35th American president, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And it is directly related to what I was just reading, Demona, okay? Their nuclear reactor. And actually lesser known and more important in my own opinion is the fact that he and his brother pushed Israel to register their Jewish lobby groups with the State Department as foreign agents serving Israel. Because that's what they are. But they didn't. Nor have they to this day. And those quote-unquote American lobby groups, because that's what they would have you believe they are, they've never registered as foreign agents like any other lobby group has to do in America because I quote at the time this was a quote in 1963 to do so 
would be the detriment and demise of Zionism. Okay? It was important. So they killed the big proponent behind it, and at the same time showed everyone else who would ever follow in his footsteps that it's probably not a wise choice, Goy. Probably not the best move. And we saw what happened at high noon on Elm Street in Dallas in Freemasonic ritual fashion in Dealey Plaza on the 33rd degree parallel in Texas. I mean, it, it could not be more ritualistic if you tried to paint it that way. It was a show fit for TV. And if you've studied the JFK assassination to any degree, as I have, you'll see that that's absolutely the truth. But in most of the research, the Israeli aspect is omitted or scrubbed out very cleanly. But believe you me, their fingerprints are all over it. All over it. And it comes full circle to today with the COVID-1984 scamdemic. And it just being a depopulation system designed to bring us into this new age of being, this new world order, this new normal. And as I was talking with my father yesterday, I, I, I said it to him, you know, I said, what do you think this new, new normal is? It's never going to go back to the days of 1960 Americana. Never. Never. Because as you read in the Coca-Cola Corporation seminar information... To do that would be more white. And to be more white is to be more oppressive, more ignorant, and all this other crap. This is all by design, folks. All by design. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for just about anything. And I think that's a big problem with today's American society in general. And yes, I think they're getting rid of the older generation intentionally because they still have some principles. They still might remember what it was like before things completely became inverted. The nightly news is a joke. And now it's not just the nightly news, right? It's 24-7. People are sitting in front of their televisions, just mind-numbed vegetables being brainwashed and programmed to think and feel the way they want them to think and feel. And then we're going to take away all your creature comforts and any little slave benefits that we let you have before if you don't do what we say. 
Today, that's a COVID vaccination, which isn't even a vaccine. It's gene therapy. Gene editing technology, which according to Geneva Conventions and others, American authority, is actually a WMD. That's a weapon of mass destruction. If memory serves me, we invaded a country in 2003 called Iraq over just the whispers of him having a WMD, which turned out to be malarkey, fantasy, crap. But today, they're sticking these things in people's arms as quick as they can say it. And these are bioweapons. These are war crimes. And I sincerely hope that when people see the truth as clear as the nose on their face, however long it takes to get out of this scamdemic illusion, I hope that these order followers will be taken to task. These are war crimes. You can't just say, oh, I was listening to so-and-so. But John Hopkins said, but Bill Gates said, but Anthony Fauci said, I don't care what they said. Have you seen what these people and institutions do? Have you seen the fruit that they bear? For that's how I judge. I judge according to a higher law. I hope you do too. You must find whatever it is inside of you that's important and hold true to that. Because the people that have this country in their grips want nothing good for you at all. Nothing. And anyone who takes this shot is part of a two-year open-air experiment. Go look at the VAERS data. Please, I beg you, go look at the VAERS data. It's there for you to look at. It's not illegal yet. It's not hidden yet. It's not banned yet. Please look at it, because soon it will be. If enough people start to wake up, open their eyes to this, and see that these aren't side effects. These are the effects of this poison. This is what it's supposed to do. It's not a side effect. It's going to mess you up. And depending on your DNA and your genetic makeup, it might do to you differently what it does to Sally down the road. It's just the way it is. They did something very similar with the AIDS hoax and the AZT medicine, quote-unquote medicine, that was actually the destructive force in the whole agenda. 
it's insane to me what people will do just to go along to get along uh, I, my father's reasoning and justification for taking this experimental, untested poison was pretty much summed up as, I can't travel without it. And uh, followed with an I don't know, which was a little more honest. I, I, I couldn't believe it. So if my father is going to take this shot, who talks with his son on a somewhat regular basis and knows what his son feels and thinks and has listened to me and seen my content and my work, I can imagine what's going on in the minds of anyone else. We need to educate people. We need to get this information to people in a way that's palatable, in a way that makes sense to them. And uh, I don't know what it's going to take other than to see this 2021 Holocaust, if I may, transpire in this country as people drop dead from the mRNA shots. And there's just no way to avoid this causal connection that it was the shot that killed this individual. I don't know how to wake these people up, these zombies. And maybe it's it's not even meant to be. Maybe the people that get the shot are meant to get the shot. I don't know the plan. But I do know this. Bill Gates, if you'd like to believe the man, right? And if you're of the mainstream official ideology, this is from his own mouth. Bill Gates said that if they can do better with vaccinations and health care, they can reduce the population by 10 to 15% worldwide. He didn't misspeak. He did not misspeak. How do people not see the agenda for what it is without the specifics? Just knowing that their intent is to harm you and to depopulate the masses. Why would you take anything from those people is beyond me. Maybe someone can call in and tell me why. I'd love to hear it. I am completely befuddled. You know, hey, Chris, if, if I shoot you with my blindfold on, with a pistol, with a forty caliber pistol, right? Say you're seven feet away and I'm just going to blindly shoot in your direction. Um, but you're going to get a passport certificate afterwards saying you can travel. You can go anywhere in the country. You're free, boy. Would You know, no, I'm not going to do it. He could shoot me in the forehead. Or he could shoot me in the finger. You know, or he could miss, right? 
can miss, but he can miss. And then you'll have your passport. You'll be able to travel, Chris. It's not worth it. The benefits do not outweigh the risk. They don't. If you're to believe that this virus is even real, there's a 99% plus survival rate. Why in the world would you vaccinate, even traditionally, against such a thing? You're actually more apt to be killed on the sidewalk. Okay? Like a sidewalk fatality. The risk is greater in America. Mm -mm -mm. Do we? Well, I would like to hear from Andrea in Oklahoma. I didn't see the that popping up. I'm sorry. Hello. Hey, Andrea. Yes. Um, I've talked to all my family except for, um, like, my daughter-in-law's, uh, her brother's wife. Uh, she's a school teacher. And, yes, they made them, they're making school teachers take the vaccine. And I, I you know, when you... And they put it on Facebook. Oh, I got the shot. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't tell her. Just, you know, refuse it no matter what. And I think it was like three weeks ago. And then a week later, she finds out she's pregnant. And it's like, oh, oh my gosh. You know, oh, my. (laughs) And she is is so beautiful. She's such a drop-dead gorgeous, you know, young woman. And then I have um, my nephew is uh, engaged. His fiance is Do we have you, Andrea? I think we lost her. Oh uh, I'm sorry. Uh call back in if you're hearing this, Andrea. Could we get um the next caller, Alan then? Hey Alan? Chris. How you hey. doing, Chris? So I, well, I, I did. How are you? I'm all right. I did the. I did follow your lead, and I've been calling a lot of shows and sharing those VAERS numbers. I think what mm. maybe you could do is maybe post up a video, you know, on your bit shoot or something, or and um, and show how how you can drop down. Uh, the different statistics and how it'll send you a report. And, and I, I crunched some numbers here, and I was blown away. Okay, so I'm going to go real fast because I know you're, you're short on time. But a quick story first. Uh, my, one of my very good longtime friends, so I know he's, you know, he's not lying. We've, he's very, uh, you know, classic woke, not diet woke. Uh, mm-hmm. And nowadays, nowadays he is, but uh, his girlfriend his girlfriend's aunt took the uh, vaccine. She was already diagnosed with something that was supposed to kill her within a few years, probably cancer. I didn't ask. But uh, she took the second round of vaccine, and she was dead in a week. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, nobody in the family wants to blame the vaccine or think about the vaccine, and uh, except for his girlfriend, who's kind of uh, 
figuring things out too. And she works in a dental office, so she might have her uh, some decisions to make. Yeah, it's it's real. It it hits home, and yeah, people are dying, and uh, that's a great so idea. We've actually been uh, taking the bears' data and compiling it for a video, but uh, I, I will definitely do that. Um, you know, show people how to get to that CDC Wonder website, and then you you know you, how they got it how they got it set up. Obviously, you know. Um, yep. So just to be real fast, I, I took all that data from the years uh, uh, dead from vaccines reported, you know, that make it to the report all the way back to 1968. And uh, it jumps into the hundreds per year in 91. Between 88 and 92, it goes from the single digits to the hundreds. But overall, between 2020 and 1968, I got about 79 vaccine-reported deaths per year. And in the year of 2021 already, when I crunched these numbers, it was just, you know, it's just one month, right, January. In the year of 2021 already, because I got these numbers a few weeks ago, it was up to 713, which is a nine, basically a 900% uh, jump in uh, yearly deaths, and we're only one month into this year. Yeah, it's bizarre. It is wild. Like, people need to look at these numbers. I thank you so much for calling in, Alan. Um, we're going to jump back to Andrea, who is disconnected, and uh, take the rest of her call. Thank you so much, Alan. God bless you, brother. Okay, I was just going to say, I've talked to everybody in my family, and I've told them not to get it. And no matter what I say to all of them, they're all excited and want to go get it. It's like, oh, my gosh, no, you don't want to get it. And you give them all the reasons why you don't want it do it and they're they're like still uh, i want to get it because i don't want to be uh not able to go to the bank or whatever they keep throwing these obstacles in front of you if you don't get it you won't be able to get buy groceries or you won't be able to go get your money out of the bank so uh, it's just uh, and i'm always shocked at what relative that i'm talking to be because they're um they've already gotten it it like um, this one fiance in California, she she went and got it, but she's studying to be a doctor. And if you're going to be a doctor and be around patients, you have to have the COVID. And and she's, you know, she's gorgeous too. And and so I I don't know what to say. I I even the test because our uh, RPN has uh, had a uh, thing across the banner there. It says you'll never believe what's in the test where they push that swab up your nose it's it's yep. all this um mcgallons it's a parasite and when they push it up they twist it into your nose nostril way up by your brain at, at the brain barrier and it also has all these little bots on it so now you're connected to the the cloud and all this other stuff it's a great documentary it's in the archives now it's worth every moment to watch every bit of it it's it's just it's scary you to death but uh, yeah, it's I don't I don't know what to say about you know trying to talk to people. I'm with you. I don't understand, and I'm praying for them. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Prayer is powerful. Thank you so much, Andrea. We can just pray for our family members and inform them as best we can, and try to relate to them. You know, wherever they're coming from, as hard as that may be, sometimes. Um, I know we don't have too much time left. I'd like to hear from also Jim. Thank you so much for holding on the line, Jim. Yeah, hi, Chris. You know, sometimes in, uh, in the summertime, on the, I'm in New York, 
the New York City subways, they have these air-conditioned cars, and they're individual air-conditioned, each one separately. So sometimes you get a 100-degree day, you get into a subway car, and it's not working, the air-conditioning, and people are sitting there suffering. So I wait till I get to the next station, I run out the end car and go in the next car, and I'm as cool as anything. And I look back and I say, how can so many people be so stupid at the same time? And, and, and this ties in... And this ties in with with, uh, with with somebody, another RBN host said, quoting Mark Twain, it's easier, to, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. Now, listen, I, I live in a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood. I, I myself, I'm an Orthodox Jew. And you see mm-hmm. signs all over the world, in Yiddish now, you see signs on all the walls, you know, like plastered up in Yiddish, do not take the vaccine. And not only that, only that all the synagogues are open without, nobody nobody here wears a mask, including me. I carry one in my pocket. Because I have to go to the post office or something like that. You walk down all the streets here, and anyone who's not seated from out of the neighborhood looks at us like like we're some kind of criminals for not wearing masks. And I look at them like they're fools. Yep. And they are... if, if you're against vaccine and mask, you should move into our city neighborhood, and everybody's with you on that one. <laughs> I know it. Oh, I know it. Okay. And uh, they have a lot of stuff right, you know, for as much as I criticize them. They have a lot of stuff right when it comes to that. Well, also, a lot of people here are anti-Zionists also. You have to know that. I live next door to one of the biggest sure. anti-Zionist synagogues in America. But, but along those lines, can I get back to what you were talking about, the nuclear program? Because We only have a few uh, minutes, also- please. Okay, one one second, one second. It's just all the author was talking about uh, Talmudic uh, Jews fooling the goyim. Now listen, it says in the Talmud that God created one man only, so that no one could say, "My grandfather is better than yours." In other words, that nobody should become a racist against other people. So that is in the Talmud, and and and, and people try and, and those people that he's talking about, they never saw the Talmud. Most of these scientists, not even the Jews. They don't know anything about the Thomas, so I, I, I take, I take, I take, I take issue with that. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Call back in next show. We'll have a longer talk on it. All right. God bless you. God bless America, guys. I'm not interested in uh, photo ops. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong part and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.